Welcome to the Thomas Anonymous Show with your host, Tommy Natoli. That's me. This is the best LGBTQ plus podcast featuring members and allies of the community. They share their experiences growing up, coming out, and all the fun in between. It's hilarious, poignant, and salacious. So you better buckle up, because it's going to be a truthful, sparkly ride. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the show. I see our fake audiences here, as always. Thank you, beautiful fake people. I love it. Now, before we get into my fabulous guest for today, who I am so excited to talk with, I have to, have to, have to, have to, because my producer is telling me to, and when I say producer, I mean me, I have to ask you to please make sure you subscribe to this podcast. Apple Podcasts would be great, but any platform you're on, whether it's iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher, please rate and review. A positive review would be great. Anything you guys could do to share the show would be awesome. If you could share to your social media page, I'm just saying it's super easy. Click a couple buttons. Who am I? I don't know. Just saying you could do it. Love and light. God bless. Shalom. But also, as always, I want you to remember that most of these interviews I do are live on the new stereo app. So if you ever want to join in the conversation, ask me a question, ask my guest a question, you're definitely going to want to download stereo and follow Thomas Anonymous. Oh, I didn't do a vocal warm up today. I'm feeling very uh, like I can't say my R's. Okay, you guys, I have met so many people on stereo. I know I've talked about it before on the show, but it's ridiculous because sometimes you meet someone on there and you're like, oh my God, they're so cool. Oh my God, we need to be friends. Oh my God, I love them. And <laughs> and I'm over the top. But uh, <laughs> my guest today, Keith Andrew, is one of those people. I was so happy when the stereo roulette gods synced us up and and i'm even happier that he is now on the show today he is an actor and he is also an amazing verified content creator on the stereo app he hosts a whole bunch of shows i can't even name them all here there's so many he does drag contests marvel mondays the swan in the rainbow show with me i don't even have enough time in this intro to list all the shows he does this guy is the real deal and his work ethic and content is top notch Make sure you all go follow him on Instagram at Keith Andrew Stereo and also follow him on Stereo at Keith Andrew 2020s. All right, let's get into it with Thomas Anonymous and Keith Andrew. Where did you come from, Keith Andrew? <laughs> Where did I come from? Well, um, my grandfather on my dad's side is actually from the state. So I do have um, some USA blood in the veins. Wow, uh, cool. In Colorado, which is where all my cousins and aunts uh, live now. So that's why I get to go out to the States quite a lot. But I grew up oh, um, in Essex in the UK, which is about an hour and a half from London. I have to say that because otherwise no one from right. the States knows where that is. I was born in Colchester, very proud of the fact. I do love uh, the town. The oldest recorded town in the UK. I should, uh, I hope you know. Built by the oh, wow. Romans. Beautiful town. Student town. Army barracks. Massive university, uh, which I actually went to. Uh, yeah, so that's the town that I come from. Lovely old Colchester. Home life was a weird one because I think my parents really only wanted to have one child. My brother. Mm-hmm. And then oh. I was I was born. I don't Surprise! Know, 
yeah, I was told that I wasn't an accident, more of a, shall we, shall we, shall we, shall we, shall we? Oh, we shall. Okay, the, the, uh, the decision's been made for us. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, so yeah, yeah. They, they, were, they were thinking about it, but I sort of made the decision for them. And uh, <laughs> yeah, my parents were, were are, are interesting people. My mum is, um, my mum and dad were both police, police officers like pretty much my whole life. So when I was born, uh, my mum took six weeks off work before she went back and we had a nanny who pretty much brought us up. She's still around. Uh, uh, we call her auntie, but auntie Tricia, she was our nanny. So from a very young age, I didn't really get to see my parents very much. Was it just you and your brother or were there any other siblings? At the time, it was just me and my brother, me and my older brother. Got it. My younger, my younger brother didn't, my younger brother Ricky didn't come uh, for another four years, and then my younger sister. Well, this is the story that my mum tells anyway. My sister was born out of uh, out of a, an evening of. Oh, I don't know how to say it. Basically, my mum, <laughs> my granddad died. My granddad died. My mum's dad died, and then nine months later, yeah. my sister came. So I think it was a comfort thing. But that resulted in sure. a sibling. <laughs> yeah, that 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 happens. I'm I'm one of those babies. I, I get that. <laughs> yeah, grief baby. I hate to call them grief babies, but that's grief pretty much what they are, really. <laughs> totally, You're a grief baby. <laughs> no, it's cute. So got a grief put a cute spin on it. <laughs> yeah, I've got um, another sister as well, uh, Chloe, who I don't see at all. She was from. Um, how can I put it? And extramarital affair oh okay yes little side so, project uh, little side project <laughs> but uh yeah that's the family really and we grew up um quite like you know not knowing my parents very much yeah uh, for the, probably for the first sort of 10 years of my life like i saw my mum in the morning and then i saw her in the evening before bed that was pretty much how i saw my parents for the first sort of 10 years of my life i spent it mostly at the nanny's house which was great i love that because that really taught me social skills because not only was our nanny a nanny she also run a nursery school and also she was a foster carer so we had kids around oh, us wow. all the time like we'd we'd go there every morning and there'd be a new kid sitting at the breakfast table and that's oh, how wow. i really got to interact with people you know there's some Obviously, there were some that were little bastards because, you know, they were like emotional wrecks or they just weren't well versed in being around other people because obviously they were yeah, put into of care. Uh, but there were some that are still my friends now. Do you know what I mean? I'm still friends with uh, a girl called Charlotte. She was um, the same age as me when she was fostered by uh, my, uh, by the nanny and we grew up together, basically. She was, with, she was fostered by my aunt for nearly seven years she was in her care so even though she wasn't adopted she was fostered by the same people for seven years so we're great friends jesse who now lives out in australia we're still friends uh, we met because uh, my my uh, my nanny fostered her so all these great things you know getting to interact with people the whole time people have commented in the past that they can plonk me in any situation with any person and i can start a conversation and you know, make people feel at ease. And I think that definitely comes from growing up around a lot of, a lot of people. And a lot of yeah. People. God, that's so great. In a way, it's like you got to, it's like the start of your life, you you, you were networking, you know, like, I mean, that's, that's really Absolutely. interesting. I mean, I will tell you one hilarious story. There was a boy called Sean and he was a nervous little thing. And he used to come, uh, he was a bit fostered by my, by the nanny. And we were, and we were all sitting at the breakfast table one day. 
And she used to make porridge for us all because we all love porridge. We used to like put loads of sugar in it and, you know, like bananas and fruit <laughs> and stuff. And we were sitting there, we were eating this porridge and this poor little Sean was sitting opposite, like, you know, really unsure of the whole situation. And we've got all our porridge all over the table, like on the table. And he just says, excuse me. And my Trisha went, yes. He went, I don't feel very well. And he vomited. Uh, like, <laughs> I did... Have you ever seen The Exorcist? Uh, okay. Yeah. He projectile vomited porridge across the table, covering everyone. And we were all in our school uniforms, covering everyone, covering the table. You didn't know what was you. Oh what was my god! It was, it was disgusting. Uh, but we were all like dying. We were we were laughing so much, and my aunt was like my. my Aunt Trisha, she was just going, I don't understand how much is coming out of such a small boy. Oh my God. Yeah, that is one of my standout moments of uh, oh my God. of being at my aunt's house is this little poor little nervous uh, foster kid who just projectile vomited all over us. But also what was great about that situation was that when we'd come, when we'd finished school and we'd come home, the nursery school would still be going on. So I got to go, like come home from school and my aunt would say to me or the nanny would say to me, do you mind, you know, looking after the kids for a little bit or playing a game with the kids or, you know, singing a song with them or something. So, you know, I've got all these little sort of three, four-year-olds running around and I'd sit them down and we'd like play yeah. instruments <laughs> or play a card game or something. So again, social skills, you know, the whole time, you know, yeah, like absolutely. Being, being around young people and, you know, looking after them and, you know, taught me a lot growing up. And, uh, you know, and I think that uh, we call her my aunt, but she was that she's no relation. She's the, she was the nanny for us. But she, right, um, right. she was a huge part in like, especially me and my older brother's years. She basically was like our grandma. That's what she was right. to us. You know, we'd go That's around so there sweet. every Christmas Eve. Uh, we'd go around there Christmas Eve and have um, like dinner with her and her family. And like her family are like cousins to us, so um, I love that. Yeah, yeah, it was that. So um, yeah, and then unfortunately, my my dad was a little bit of a dick and did um, did have numerous numerous extramarital affairs, which were always found out yeah. and all, always hidden from us. It's only in sort of the last sort of ten years where I've been speaking to my mum and we found out like the extent of what happened and. Wow, you know, and, and and the hurt that was caused, and I never really got on with my dad. Actually, I don't think that kids necessarily should have to get on with their parents. I mean, their parents are their parents, of course. But I you agree. Know, as you get older and you get into your twenties, especially into your twenties, and you look at the person and think, okay, you may be my biological parent, but it doesn't necessarily mean that I have to like you. I mean, I yeah. obviously love you deep down, but like you, no. And that's how I feel about my dad. Do you know what I mean? Uh, oh, I love yeah. him in some strange way. There is a, there's a, like a nugget of love in there somewhere. But right, I, I, right. Despise, I, I despise him as well with all my heart. <laughs> I No, I agree with you. Absolutely. I, I, don't, I don't believe in this like romanticizing idea of, of parental units being like the only form of unconditional love. I don't believe that. I think unconditional love is everywhere and, and I've experienced it everywhere, but you're in me, my immediate family. So 
so I'm on the same page with you. And and funny enough, like for me, I feel like the way you feel about your dad is your dad is kind of how I feel with my mom. Like I love my mom, but you know, we're not close and I'm not really interested in, in being close because you know, it, it, she's just not the, the, the best person I, I, I need to align myself with. But um, when did you find out like what gay was and when you were young, did you have a feeling that you were, you were it or, or, was that like way later? Some people I talked to like knew what it was when they were little. And some people were like, I was clueless until I was 18, you know? Yeah. Well, I always used to crush on the, um, you know, the kids that were at my aunt's house, you know, when I was sort of eight, nine years old, they'd had like the older, like the older kids, like sort of 14, 15 year olds that she was looking after would come in and they'd be so cool. One of them was like sneak off and have a cigarette in the garden. I'd be like, yeah. So I always like fancied <laughs> the cooler kids that were, sort of part of that community like that community that we had going but um yeah i don't know do you know what i mean like uh, yeah i had a speech in, i had um, a speech impediment when i was younger it was quite it was quite bad at one point to the the point where i wasn't actually talking i think um my mum tells the story and you know i sort of do remember it but in my uh year five at school which is like lower school you know like you go to kindergarten then you go to infant school junior school so year five my teachers were really concerned they she's like the teacher said that i would probably say about seven words like oh wow at, at school i just would i just wouldn't talk because i had a really bad stutter it really really affected my confidence because um people would imitate me and also people would finish my sentences off for me so therefore i wouldn't need to talk so a lot of people used oh. to do that so I'd yeah. start a sentence, get in a right pickle with it, and then people would finish my sentence for me. I would just go, okay, there you go. Right. And I lost my voice. <laughs> I lost my voice. Oh, man. For about two years of my life, I just completely lost my voice. Um, made up for it now. But, um, well, I, I know. Sure, that's like, what's so great. It's like, wow. Yeah. Really? It's like the... the... The guy who communicates constantly is, is you, you, you never expect to hear that. So that's really, no, it's really interesting. I had like a neuro, neurological issue. It was like a the link between basically my brain and forming speech, forming the words and then actually the words being articulated. That was the issue. So I went through a lot of speech therapy and also got sent to uh, drama classes, um, private drama classes Ooh. outside school so after school drama classes i would go every every day uh every weekday i would go to um the princess theater or uh performing arts center i was part of tiffany stage academy you know i had school after school stuff so i did all of these performing arts and the whole idea behind it was that it would get it would give me confidence and get me talking and it did oh and, wow you know, you know from a very young age i was sort of picked up by uh, teachers that said, you know, you've got something here. Why don't you uh, run with it? And I did a lot of commercials, uh, especially locally. I did um, plays when I was sort of 10, 11, 12 years old. I was doing, you know, theatre plays with people that were a lot older than me. Uh, I love you know, that. getting paid for some of that work. Not that I ever saw any of the money, but apparently, I yeah. <laughs> that money. Wow. I really struggled as a kid with confidence because of that. You know, it's only been sort of the last few years that I've managed to speak about that. I, I, do you know what? I was in a relationship for four years and I never even told my my partner that I used to have problems with my feet. Oh, my God. Keith Andrew, no way. Yeah. 
I used to make excuses that I was tired. That's how, if I was getting like a little bit confused, I still do it now. And like, you know, people will uh, hear in some of my chats sometimes, I'll I'll have a really long pause because I'm really yeah. trying to, I, the word is there in my mind's eye. And then to right. formulate that and put that actually to, to say that word um, is difficult. And I would, and that used to cause me to stutter. I don't stutter anymore. I did have a lot of um, a lot of speech therapy, but you know, yeah, I didn't. I just used to say I was tired if I was talking and I was stuttering and I was, you know, not making much sense. So I, I just used to tell my partner that I was uh, was tired. So um, yeah, difficult oh because I felt like it lessened me, and and you know, I was very grateful at the time for that relationship, and I didn't want to to show any weakness. Oh, so, you are so adorable. Yeah. I can't wait to cuddle with you. Oh, my God. <laughs> Hello, guys. How are you doing today? I just wanted to say hi. Um, yeah, that's it. Hello. Hi. Hello, guys. How are you? Just wanted to say hi. Hi again. Doing great. It's the Thomas Anonymous show right now, and we got Keith Andrews 2020, and we gotta go on with the show, because that is how we're gonna do. Wow, you I'm, I'm so, I've been waiting for someone to do a theme song, I'm so happy. You bet I'm gonna isolate that shit and use it in something, okay? <laughs> thank you yo keith andrew and thomas anonymous yay <laughs> keith loving the emoji man where the hell did that come from that's amazing right i got it see it's amazing. a hit it's yeah. a... <laughs> <laughs> i'm telling you people are gonna love it it's they're gonna love that rainbow halo because it's fabulous oh we got uh, Keith Andrew, that's really awesome that you uh, spoke about your past with um, your speech issues and overcoming them. It's funny that so many people that I've met in life who um, either didn't speak early on or had issues with it end up like really finding their voice and doing so many cool things like you have with yours. So, I mean, I relate on a personal level. I didn't start speaking until I was almost four years old and you can't stop me from talking now. But yeah, thanks for sharing all that. This is really cool. You're very welcome. Thank you very much. That means a lot, actually. I love that. And, you know, there mm. there are so many people that, that have had similar, uh, you know, issues. And you never, you just never know about people's past. And that's what I, see, that's what I love. I've learned something so awesome about you today, Keith Andrew. <laughs> All right, moving on, moving on. So um, I do want to know, you know, because I've heard that the UK boys can be super super mean and tough and i wanted to get your perspective on that with either you know being gay or even just doing like theater arts you know i know here in like america if you were in drama club like you were gay and people weren't nice about it so like so tell me about tell me your experience with that like are uk boys mean is it, it a, is it a rumor is it true well i'll start off by saying that uh, another reason why i don't have much sort of respect for my dad is because he was borderline homophobic you know mm -hmm. he used to say horrible things about the gay community which really suppressed me uh coming out for a, a long time but when i was at school sure. i had come out to a couple of my friends you know i didn't have girlfriends or anything during school because the people that knew 
like there was a lot of people that went to the drama school that I went to that, that went to my actual school so therefore um, like we sort of cross over and I came out at my drama school first and everyone was very accepting and um, when I actually got to main school there was a couple of instances where people would go oh you know but because my school was a uh, performing arts um, academy you know oh, if, yeah. you were part, if you were part of the drama department you that's when you got the ultimate respect so it was almost like the other way around I mean nobody really cared about sports the school show it was about the concert it was about you know the plays it was all about that and you know you would go to like a concert for example we did three concerts a year you'd come to a concert in the front row would be all the popular kids because they'd be there watching all the girls you know all the boys from the sports teams would come because they want to see the girls doing you know their ballet or they want to see them doing their right so you know and they'd be drooling, you know, and that was always good for the gay boys because you had all the uh, the fit fo- the fit basketball and football players in the uh, in the front rows. But uh, no, never had a problem. Another reason why I never had a problem is that my brother is seven years older than me, and uh, he mm. was at the tail end of sixth form when I started. And my brother had a reputation. My brother was a bit of a wild child. Not now. <laughs> just saying. Now he's been in the Royal Navy now for fifteen, yeah, fifteen years. So he's oh, now wow. like. Uh, proper like officer class top notch. Right. He's super uh, brown. When now. he was younger, you know, he was the one that did like smoke weed. He was the one that would like gate crash parties and he's the only one out of all of us that's ever been arrested. He's the only person I ever know who's been arrested <laughs> for running over a car. Not a car running over him, him running over a car um and smashing the windscreen. So that's what he got arrested for. And my mum was on duty that night and she was very happy with the fact that she had to lock her son up in a cell. Um <laughs> But, yeah, because my brother was that that wild child and was quite popular with the kids that, you know, went to the park and smoked weed, no one ever right. would say anything to me because they know, they knew who my brother was and they, you know, they didn't want to piss him off. But I never really got into much trouble. I used to get detention all the time. I used to be the naughty one, but I used to do it with my words. <laughs> so, um, you know. I oh, my God, to, me too. I used to create <laughs> hell, hell for substitute teachers. They used to Oh my hate god, me. yes. Yes. <laughs> I had a substitute oh my god, teacher yes. once who told me I was reading a letter in class and she told me to stop reading the letter and I put my finger up to her lips as if to say <gasps> carried on reading. Oh, she this threw bitch. me out of the oh class. My... <laughs> she threw me out of the class. Um I got detention for that. Um Oh my god, I love that. A teacher was <laughs> A teacher was going to put a DVD on and she wasn't putting it on because the kids were talking and she was looking at me and my friend Paul, Paul from school, who is uh, still one of my really good friends, uh, looking at us going, well, you know, it's the class talking that are preventing you from watching the DVD. And I just stood up and looked at her in the <laughs> eye and went, actually, no, it's not. It's you, dear. And she <laughs> said, apparently I was demeaning. Oh, my uh, God. <laughs> And uh, he actually wrote that on the detention form. He's the exact words. Uh, no, you are, dear. <laughs> my mum and my mum read that and thought it was hilarious. Um, it is. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, because that. that's something that that's something that my grandma used to say. No, like if she was annoyed with someone, like she's going, "You're really annoying me, dear." <laughs> that that's is funny. that's fantastic. I love that. Oh, god, I was I, I was yeah. very. Very similar to you in that in that sense. It was 
I was a little bastard at school. But you, you said you mm. so you said you came out like to you know school at school and stuff first. Like when did you come out to your family, like mom, dad, and siblings? Like was that later? And yeah. and and how, so how did that go? I never actually came out at school, but the theatre school that I went to, which was like an extracurricular thing outside of school, oh, right. I came out. I came out there first. I came out to my drama teacher, Melissa, who I'm still really good friends with. She was the first person Aww. I ever told. She's like mum too. I call her mum too because she was like, yeah. you know, she was the person that I told everything to. But um, yeah, I had a very turbulent time. Like things were not very good at home. My parents were always arguing uh, to the point where they actually were doing opposite shifts from each other. So they didn't have to work with each other um, in the yeah. station because it was getting so bad. There was, you know, my dad's, it was. It's been found out that my dad had been having a long-term affair with a woman in Scotland. So he he packed his bags and he left. Mm. But at that time, I had um, I'd moved to Paris by that time. So my parents actually like officially split up. My dad moved out and moved to Scotland after I'd moved to Paris. So in Paris, I was like out and proud. Do you know what I mean? But to actually tell my yeah. parents, I didn't feel comfortable whilst my dad was still in the picture. So when I didn't feel like any any sort of threatened in any way, shape or form, uh, that's when I came out to my mum and my siblings and it was fine. Do you know what I mean? My mum always knew. Like we were driving along. I think I was moving house. If I remember rightly, I was moving apartments and my mum was helping me and I just went, um, I've got something to tell you as she's driving along. I just burst into tears and said, oh, gay. And my mum pulled Aww. the car over and she went, A, I've always known. She went, I always knew because... I just knew, like, when you were going to, like, theatre school and stuff, um, yeah. how you were and, you know, and she said, and secondly, I'm, at last, I'm fashionable. She <laughs> 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 went, at last, I'm fashionable, because um, a friend of hers had had a gay son, and apparently this woman had been rubbing it in my mom's face, like, oh, me and Jonathan go shopping all the time. He's so good. Like, oh, blah, my blah, blah, God. Blah. And my mom was like, <laughs> fucking bitch. Um, but then when I when I came out, That's she was so obviously massively disappointed because I can't stand shopping, like clothes shopping. I cannot stand it. So I think yeah. she might have been a bit disappointed with that. But you know, she loves the fact that um, she's got four kids, and each each of us are very very different, like very different. My sister and me, my younger sister and me, are the closest in personality. Like my sister, like if pe- people think that I'm, you know, quite verbal and excitable mm-hmm. you haven't seen any, yeah you haven't seen anything you haven't seen anything until you've met my sister my sister <laughs> I love goes that. out at, my sister goes out and enlists in random courses she's very much um at one oh. with the earth she's a, she's into wildlife she's into zoo she's a she's got a master's degree in zoology so she's very much into that uh you know the planet and you know, every time I go onto Facebook or I call her, oh, what are you doing? Oh, I'm having an early night. I'm going. I'm doing a Kestrel course tomorrow. So she's learning all about Kestrels. And then oh my she's, God, she's done a course. Wow. She did a course last week about how to use a chainsaw. <laughs> and you're like, okay, why? What a so character. Down, yeah. So she went, so I can chop down dead trees. And I'm like, of course, because that's what everyone wants to learn to do, right? Right, of course. <laughs> that makes perfect sense. But, yeah. <laughs> She's quite high up now. She's worked. She's worked her way up uh, since she got her master's degree. She's worked her way up um, in sort of um, what a wildlife organisation in the UK, and is, is uh, you know 
massive. Her speciality is bats. So she's um she's yep. a bat she's a she's a bat vet. So she'll get a call uh-huh. in the, in the middle of the night and that someone's found a you know a bat that's been injured or ill and she'll get <laughs> jump in the car and go and rescue it and bring it home. And uh, I've been to her house wow. many times where she's had this massive massive like net thing up in her in her back garden and it's got bats flying around in it because they're they're recuperating like someone's gonna do it someone's gonna take care of the bats that's but they're that's, so I've cute. never heard I that. didn't think they were but my but she goes in I'm not allowed to go in there because I'm not allowed to touch them because I haven't had my rabies shot which I'm like okay right. I'm not going anywhere near them and uh, <laughs> she, she holds them up to me through the net and they're so adorable they're tiny little things beautiful really beautiful but um i've seen yeah, i've seen some good yeah. bat specials on on tv before and they are cuter than you would think they're just uh, they're just yeah. they're scary at first in numbers they're scary because you're like oh my god there's a swarm of bats and they could fucking take me down if they wanted to <laughs> well my sister has <laughs> to feed them by hand she has to feed them like the mealworms by hand and their little the little <laughs> chewing sound they make is so cute they're like oh <laughs> They sound like a little baby <laughs> in a banana. Oh, it's, it's so a cute. little baby bat. So yeah, but my sister was only what, like, fourteen, fifteen when I came out. So, like, I told my mom, and then my mom invited us around for like dinner, like a couple of days later. And how old were you when you took when you when you told your mom? How uh, twenty two. Oh, okay. Yeah, twenty two. No, twenty one. That's a... twenty one, twenty two. I can't remember exactly. That's a legit time to come out. And it's interesting that you kind of felt more comfortable once your dad was out of the picture. Cause like so many people I talked to, um, not specifically like that, but like either they were waiting for dad to leave or, or, or some like the dad thing is always kind of a big thing. A lot of our dads are assholes. And so I don't know when it's, when, when it comes to being gay and the dad thing, the whole like masculinity, toxic mask kind of comes into play. Like, was there any of that? Like, uh, was there any, you know, we do. We talk about toxic masculinity here a lot because people in America are assholes. Is is it the same there, or? I think my dad had a had a sort of situation when he was younger where uh, his dad basically was exactly the same as him. Like his dad had like many affairs, like many kids by many different women. Oh yeah. And uh, because my dad, my granddad came over during the war. Like he was an American guy, came over during the war, met my grandma. You know, they sort of settled down, had babies, but my my granddad was just like bonking everything that moved. So my dad didn't have nice. hardly any relationship with him, and my grandma, I think, was a little bit aloof. I think that she had um, post traumatic stress from the war because she yeah um, she was one of those women that did all those brave things, you know, going out and and working like during the war and um, saw some things that were not obviously not desirable for anybody to see. And I think she suffered a lot from post-traumatic stress. Um, so she, my dad didn't have a very good relationship with her either. So therefore, yeah. his only relationships were with the lads out on the street, you know? Like he'd go right, out and right. hang out with, with the gangs in the streets and stuff, you know, when they lived in London. And then when they moved sort of further north, you know, he used to get through like some bother. Not too bad, but just like... You know, and obviously back in those days, you know, people weren't very welcoming to gay people. And I think that's where he he formed his yeah. opinions, really. So, yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. I see my dad as a bit of a tragic figure. I know it's sad, but yeah, 
Listen, my dad had six kids with five different women. And my mom had three of us with three different men. So, you know, I, I, I feel you. Wow. I come from a whole line of yeah. re- really dysfunctional <laughs> people. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's, no, um, it's... it's interesting how those, you know, those little dysfunctions kind of like they, they make us who we are. So you came out at like 2022. 20, I, I am super curious. When did you like, were you already like dabbling in boys? Were you like fooling around with guys before you came out or were you, like you oh, know, God. discreet, not yeah. doing anything like that. Yeah, I need to know the goods on that. Well, um, because I was out to my friends, therefore, when I went out uh, clubbing and stuff, you know, like seven, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, you know, it, it, it was widely known that I would be, you know, gunning for the boys. So I had no problem. With that. The only people that the only people I had to hide it from was my family. But I, um, my first boyfriend actually, his name was Matt Bradley. And uh, we went out for about three months, and unfortunately, he passed away. Um, he, well, they they think what happened was he did something, a drug. Uh, went uh, home, went to bed, never horrible. woke up. Oh, uh, so that was like my first experience of having, like you know, a major crush, falling in love with someone, then losing them. But the, the most difficult thing about that was I was seventeen at the time, and he was two years older. And oh wow! To go through that pain, I mean, it wasn't. We weren't together long. It was like a three-month thing. But to go through right. that um, experience Still. and not being being able to sort of confide in your mum, do you know what I mean? Was yeah. quite difficult. Yeah, and my mum, obviously being a policewoman, knew all about it. She was coming home and like talking about it, and I'd be like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, I know, yeah, right, yeah, I know him." Oh you man! Know? And me and Matt had been seeing each other sort of three months at that point and everybody rallied around me obviously at the theater school uh, my friend kelly edwards french um was the first person i ta- told about matt and uh when she saw it in the newspaper like she rang me and said get your ass around my house now i don't care what you're doing get your get your ass around here now i'm making you breakfast and i'm yeah. gonna lay on the sofa with you and i'm gonna cuddle you and we're gonna watch films was matt your first like was did matt take your virginity was he like your the first first uh yes in yeah oh my gosh wow that's yeah, crazy yeah. yeah I can tell you a funny story about that though <laughs> if you want to hear I it. would love that <laughs> yes please <laughs> I, was working, I was working in a toy shop uh we have a like a, a, a shopping village up where um, in Colchester where I live and I, I was mm-hmm. working in a toy shop everybody at school like this was like 16 so we was like doing our a levels everybody got a job at this shopping village it was like everyone from school <laughs> had a job somewhere we were either working in a shop we were working in the cafe in the restaurant you know we were all there and it was so great because we'd all try and get our lunch break <laughs> at the same time and there'd be about 30 you know school kids hanging out you know in the sort of plaza bit because we all had our lunch breaks at the same time and we all were, were friends so we were all doing oh my it. god and uh Matt came in the shop one day, and for some reason, I was in in there on my own. I think I think that the the manager was around, but she weren't sort of in the shop. He went, "Wouldn't it be funny if we went like went out the back and had like a quick snog or something?" And I was like, "Yeah, okay, let's do that." And I, we went out <gasps> to the back, and I lost my virginity in the uh, in the restroom of the toy shop. I was <gasps> oh my <laughs> god! It, it all went it, it all went a little bit too far. So. um if anyone wants to make any jokes about that, then you can. I really wow. care. I did lose. I did lose my uh, virginity. Um, yeah, 
And I remember in the bathroom or just like in a back workroom. In the restroom, we weren't going to do it like in the stock room over the Pokemon cards. Do you know what I mean? That that wasn't my bag. (laughs) I love that. And I remember coming out really flushed faced, you know, like really like Mm -hmm. red face back onto the shop floor and everything had happened. And, you know, and my friend Dean, who worked worked opposite in like a perfume shop or, or whatever it was, came in and she went, are you okay? And I was like, I just had sex. And she was like, oh, my God. And by the time we all, we all, we all used to finish work and then we always go and get the bus home together because there was a bus that was specifically just to the shopping village that went directly back into the town. And we'd all meet right. at the bus stop and we'd all get the bus together. And then when we got into the town, we'd get a McDonald's or something. So we were all at the bus stop. And by the time I arrived at the bus stop, everyone knew. Everyone knew. It was so oh, like embarrassing. I remember sitting at the back that of the bus. Is and fabulous. Like, <laughs> that no, that there. is great. Yeah. 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 Oh my god. What, it was it was what, hilarious. What I what I love the it most. Should about have been, that story. It should have been embarrassing though. But it wasn't. It, it was I felt like no. king of the world. <laughs> you know what I mean? You you were like the star of the bus stop. <laughs> I was the I was the star for that day. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Nadine must have gone out, told someone in the shop, they went on their lunch break, told someone in the restaurant, someone in the restaurant obviously finished early and went and told someone in the bloody card shop or the DVD shop, and it just went around like wildfire. Oh, my God. (laughs) That was my first, uh, yeah, and I was, I think I was, what, 16? Oh, perfect. That's a great virginity age. Yeah, perfect. But yeah, that was the first one, and then... Oh, yeah, tell me the next one. So dumb. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that was the first one, yeah. That opened the floodgates. Me, uh, my my friend, um, her name was Jessica at the time. It's Boo now. Um, she, um, I used to go around her house a hell of a lot. Uh, Jessica's house was like my escape when I was a teenager, and she used to have this little area at the end of her bed that had a little stool that I sat on. It was like at the end of her bed. She used to call it like the cage, and that's where I used to go and sit, <laughs> like in the cage. And she was a, a prolific diary writer. She wrote every oh. single day pages and pages and um in my birthday yeah. last year in lockdown i was meant to be going to dubai but i didn't go in the end um obviously because of covid but yeah she we did a zoom call and she got her diaries out and she read from them and they are hilarious if you're like obviously from your group of friends and you're reading it they are so detailed so shocking some of the things that you like look back of what you said and you've done it absolutely and she read the extract of the from the day that i that i you know on the bus because she was one of the bus people oh that's wrote, so great and she read it out and i was just like oh my god i remember like literally day like minute by minute that day i remember it, it was like it was sort of uh, end of May, so it was. I remember it being really hot outside as well. You know, we were all in <laughs> like t-shirts and shorts going home. Yeah, so she read it. She read wow. out all these really detailed like events from our childhood, and uh, I used to sit in the cage. <laughs> and I, and there's one that's really funny. There's this one where she wrote things. She's going, "Keeps really upset me today." What what were we like? Eleven? I think we we're like eleven. Like keeps really upset mm-hmm. me today. I'm really upset. Like um, he's he's uh he's really pissed me off and Rodney at school, this boy that she fancied, Rodney doesn't like me and apparently this thing happened in America where two towers fell down. I was like, oh my oh. god, that's right. <laughs> 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 but, you, know, 
you know, nine eleven <laughs> happened, and you've got a little eleven-year-old oh. girl in Essex in the UK worrying about that Rodney <laughs> dumped her. <laughs> I, just thought it was really I love. Cute. Oh my god, I loved. I love yeah. avid diary keepers like that. That is so fabulous. Yeah, that's great. That's I funny. Tried. Oh yeah. And by the way, nine eleven. <laughs> yeah, by the way, yeah. Rodney, he pissed me off. Thank you, thank you, thank you to the wonderful Keith Andrew. And we definitely have more of our conversation coming up on the next episode of the Thomas Anonymous Show. For now, you can follow the show on Instagram at Thomas Anonymous Pod. Also remember to download Stereo and follow Thomas Anonymous. That way you know when I'm broadcasting live, live, live. Okay, bye.